What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door is supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ballhawk Show podcast, man. Can y'all hit me out there? Let me know if y'all can hit me, man. I think I was having... I ain't even checked, but we're going to see if y'all can hit me or not. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to just check myself. Let me see something. Hold on. You might hear my, it might hear echo, man. Yeah, it's working. All right. So what's good with y'all, man? So instead of me recording like a vlog episode and then uploading it, I just figured I'd go live and then I upload it. Um... So, yeah, man, a lot of my videos, like my live videos, I guess, since they've been super, super real, them just been disappearing. So, a lot of times, if I do lives, I got to hurry up and download it before it gets zapped. You got some people that's lurking out here that's getting stuff deleted. So, the little interaction that myself and uh, James Sinclair had yesterday about the N-word, about the country singer saying the N-word and me Showing him how I could just keep saying the N-word over and over and over. And it's just how you respond to it. That joint got deleted. But I got it downloaded, so I upload it on, like, YouTube and stuff. Um, Before we get started, man, shout out to the sponsors, Aver Insurance. Shout out to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code, the Ballhawk Show, to get 20% off on Manscaped. And um, Aver Insurance, man, they've been down me since day one. Y'all know I rock with Aver Insurance. They family, bro. So that's always the sponsor for the ball hawk show podcast they've been me been with me since the beginning and they gonna stay with me so i apologize other insurance companies but able is that is their insurance lane so and i'm just not saying their name just because they sponsor me like they look out for you man so go holler aber insurance my bro brandon said in a meeting but have a good show bro definitely be watching the replay because brett Favre is in on one so, yeah, man, I wanted to, to talk about Brett Favre, right? Um, Brett Favre need a, a, a tall glass of shut the hell up juice. Brett Favre is a classic dude who is so old school that he won't get out of his damn way. He spoke on Deshaun Watson's situation, and I'll pull it up and I'll read it to y'all verbatim what Brett Favre said about Deshaun Watson and his situation in Houston. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, but everybody can get served up for their opinion. So with that being said, hold on, let me put the band up, man. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Let me put the band up, bro. There we go. We lie. Just so people know we lie. So let me let you in on what Brett said. And why I am serving respectfully. 
some disrespectful ass shut the hell up juice to Brett Favre. Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre was the latest legend or talking head to offer his two cents on the tense situation between the three-time Pro Bowler and the AFC Club South Houston, Texas. Minty Betts from Yahoo Sports asked the Super Bowl champion signal caller, what do you think about Deshaun Watson's decision to be traded, Brett Favre? And Brett says, oh, no, no, they said Brett meandered around the question, much like he did evading pressure in his 20-year NFL career, saying it was unheard of in his day for a player to express such displeasure, but ultimately gave his thoughts on how Watson should handle the situation. This is Brett Favre saying it was unheard of for a player to voice their displeasure with the franchise. Brett says, I'm kind of old school. I think you play. You get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it. Let the chips fall where they may. I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time. And it would be interesting to see how the organization handles it. Brett Farr said, we make too much money to voice our displeasure. Brett Favre says, in his day, that would never happen. You let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> Brett Favre, if you don't shut the hell up forever, Shut the hell up forever, Brett Favre. Shut the hell up forever, respectfully, in a disrespectful manner. You got the nerve, Stephen A. Smith, for middle gate gall, the Madeira to... Brett, let me just talk about what you did in your day, sir. Because sometimes we don't want to pay attention to the messenger. We just want to pay attention to the message. But when the messenger is saying some blasphemous stuff, and because his message is blasphemous as well, you get the double whammy. This when you get a tall glass of shut the hell up juice. One of the notable instances where Favre didn't take his own advice with the Green Bay Packers. After retiring from the NFL in 2008 offseason, Brett Favre unretired and showed up to the Packers training camp. Then coach Mike McCarthy, general manager Ted Thompson, and President and CEO Mark Murphy remain firm in their commitment to keeping fourth-year future GOAT, one of the GOATs, Aaron Rodgers, as their starting quarterback. And guess what Brett Favre did? Brett Favre asked for a damn trade. But in his day... <laughs> Remix. In his day, they would never ask for a trade, Brett. In your own words, Brett, let me go back to what you said. I'm kind of old school. I think you play. You get paid a ton of money to do a certain job, and you just do it and let the chips fall where they may. I think we make too much to 
too much money to voice an opinion. Again, I think it's just a different day and time. Because in my career, it's unheard of for a player to express such displeasure. <laughs> I might as well just send a penis pic dead and uh, Han Brett Favre. Come on, Brett Favre. Brett Favre? Come on, son. Brett Favre? You? Let me take the banner down so they can see all of me. Pause. Brett Favre? You? You. You. Nah, son, you playing. Not you. Not you. You ain't say that. Brett Favre. Favre. You ain't say that. In your day, they never, they never would. <laughs> Brett, you never asked for a trade. How you get to the Jets? How'd that happen? Oh, oh, it was a trade. Oh, oh, okay. How you get to the Jets? You Did you let the chips fall where they made? Oh, okay. But people in your day never, never, ever, 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 Voice their displeasure. Father, sip this legendary, respectfully, glass of shut the hell up juice. Please, sir, go do your Wranglers. Go do your copper fits with Jerry Rice, respectfully. Commenting on quarterback situations, we don't want to hear it. Nah, bro. We don't want to hear it. Respectfully. Yeah. And anybody out here trying to jump behind Brett Favre and be like, see, even Brett Favre gets it. You get a can and a glass and an express slap of shut the hell up juice. Let me see what my man Myron said. Myron says he got to Minnesota the same way, retired until they agreed to release his tail so he could sign with the Vikings. So in other words, what I learned from Capitol Hill is the other side could just put, they could have timber tantrums. But when you real and you straight to the point, it's disrespectful. You know, Barry, uh, Barry Sanders, he voices displeasure with the lines. No, your ass going to sit and play or get out. Calvin Johnson, you're going to sit your ass down or play or get out. Deshaun Watson, you make too much money to voice a displeasure. But, hey, Brett Favre, you can have a temper tantrum. Oh, you asked for a trade? We'll trade you. Oh, you ain't going to come to camp? All right, we'll trade you. Matt Stafford, oh, you don't want to be here? We'll trade you. But it's different. Y'all got to start paying attention, man. I put up a, I put up a graphic, and I, and I can't show it right here. But y'all just go on my Facebook page and go to my Instagram page. I put up the first five years for Jameis Winston and the first five years of Matt Stafford. And I said, what if Matt Stafford was Jameis Winston? How would he be viewed? But without even saying that, I just put up their numbers. Wins about the same. Losses about the same. Completion percentage about the same. Yards about the same. Touchdowns about the same. Intercepts. Everything was damn near the same first five years. But one quarterback was said he needed to learn. 
while another quarterback was allowed to learn on the job. I know, man, it's too much. I know. It's too much. When you make too much sense, MFs disappear. <laughs> Ain't that right, Kawhi? <laughs> Thank you, Kawhi. Thank you. But Brett Favre went out here talking about some damn shut up and play. And next on the agenda today, I might need to get the audio to this. Let y'all hear this jank right here, boy. Ooh, I'm going to let y'all hear this jank, and we're going to go through this together because this is legendary. Ooh, 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 ooh. Listen to this. My man Dwight Smith, Super Bowl champion. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, when I tell you, when he was getting interviewed, he ain't care about nobody. America's beverage companies are Hold on. Can y'all hear this? DA hotline. This is going to be an interview that you guys will be talking about. This is Ronnie and T. Crass on Radio Row at Super Bowl 55. It's W-D-A-E. This is this is their show. Wow, we had a chance to do this yesterday, and it was a bizarre interview, to say the least, with Super Bowl 37 champion Dwight Smith, who was a part of that team. Two pick- all right, let me fast forward this. Sixes, we all know. How surreal is this for the Bucks to be in the Super Bowl in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium? That's a good question, man. I, I would like to ask some Tampa fans that question because I really don't. I really don't know. Why? Well, this how you know he got something up his sleeve. They asked him, "Are you excited about the Super Bowl being in Tampa?" He's like, "You need to ask the fans that." It's a former Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneer himself. This how you know. This like this like a live reaction, just reacting funny. Let's go. This is something that uh, no one's ever seen before. I mean, you're hosting the Super Bowl. The Bucks are in it. It's Brady versus Mahomes. I mean, something uh, I predicted at the beginning of the year. I said if the NFL wanted to have the home team in the Super Bowl, this would be the perfect year. Pandemic. At this moment, they realize they might have effed up getting Dwight on the show because he's showing you the right around his lips. People can't travel, you know, so it's, not, it's of, not a shock to me. How big of an advantage do you think it will be for the Buccaneers not having to travel anywhere? Because obviously, you know, when you were in the that's Super Bowl. Not, that's not no advantage. I don't have no. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, they thought they was over to some. How much of a bit? Ain't no damn advantage. No advantage? Okay. No. All right, so. That's like saying they have advantage at every home game during the year. So, I mean. <laughs> It ain't like they won every home game, so it ain't much of an advantage. So tell me, uh, you know, obviously you're a defensive guy. What would be, what would the game plan that you would engage against this Kansas City high flying offense led by the great? Uh, you know what, man? Let me get to the, let me get to the, let me get to the shh, like people say. Hold on. Trick Mahomes. I've noticed in the NFL, I don't believe the game is really decided on the field. So you know, I don't get into all the X's and O's and talking. Oh, here we go. Man. Uh, like I said, I played in the game. I, I set a Super Bowl record and. We knew every play they was running before the game started. So, so this is the white when he trying to alert to them that the Super Bowl is rigged, and that they knew every play the Oakland Raiders was going to run. 
All right, I skipped ahead some because they was bantering a little too much. Like, I want y'all to get to it because I know y'all got ADD and y'all got things to do. So this is when the interview goes left to them. But for him, he right at home. Who am I to say? Well, tell us about that week leading up to the Super Bowl because that was the big thing. Bill Callahan was the Raiders coach at the time. Obviously, John Gruden had just come over. Tell us about that week of preparation leading up to the game and how it was executed by you guys. I mean, you you could know which plays are coming. And Tim Brown and Jerry Wright come out and say that they made them run Jerry Wright's, I mean, Tom, uh, John Gruden's offense. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It was his offense, and you guys knew exactly what was coming. Did you know every they, single play? They didn't run that. They didn't Whoa. Run. Why he just tried to gloss over it, though? You saw he – yeah, y'all knew every play that was coming, but no, fool. Like, if you know, let's get to it. And he held their feet to the fire. They didn't run that offense all year, though. Ain't it odd that you would run it when you're playing against us? So did, did you guys knew, know every play before the ball was snapped? I'm just saying, man, it, it, the game ain't decided on the field. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> like I said, I predict who's going to be in the Super Bowl. It ain't about who has the best players. Football is entertainment. So who, what's the most entertaining Super Bowl? The Bucks in their first one against Patrick Mahomes. Has nothing to do with if these are the best teams, because we know that these aren't the best teams. The Bucks are not the best NFC team. So who's the best team in the NFC, in your opinion? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Okay. But the Bucks beat. Uh oh! Now here come the, but but, cause they won't really listening. Yo, mind. See, this is why they need Petty Hawk in the building. Damn, I wish I could have had this interview, cause I would have sat back and let him talk. Get your sh off. I don't want to curse too much, but get your sh off. What? I'd be like, oh word, okay. And why you like? They're asking the wrong questions. They're getting defensive. Ambo, though, I mean, the, the Bucks proved it. They went there to beat Aaron Rodgers at his place. You can, say, you can say what you want, man. Like I say, the game ain't decided on the field. But the Bucks beat Green Bay like 38-10 to 10 at Raymond James you're Stadium not in the regular season. You're not listening to me, man. You keep saying. The, the, so, so how is it How is it decided then if it's not on? Oh, now it's three of them going at him. At first it was just two dudes. Wait, who is this other dude that came out of nowhere? Like, make yourself known. Who are you? Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Who are you? You got some work to do now. How you just jump in? Who was that? Who voice was that? He didn't even announce himself. I am a guest. Announce yourself, sir. I don't even know who you are. But let's go. The Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007. We, I, I had two pick sixes. I mean, two. One, I took back 93 yards. Another pick up there in New York. We beat them 40-something. We didn't have Adrian Peterson. They went on to win a Super Bowl. All right, so how do you see this one playing out on Sunday? It depends on what Vegas, when Vegas make that call. Who they, you know, how Vegas ain't going to lose the most money. So do you think the Bucks' original Super Bowl that you were a part of and won was... Now, this is where the new dude thought he can get Dwight. Dwight around his lip. This is what he thought, oh, I got him. I'm going to attack the Super Bowl he played in the one, and I know his stance going to change then. This word gets even, as the young people say, funner. Legitimate? I think everyone is. If you don't mind me asking, then, and we, we obviously appreciate giving us a little bit of time, why do an interview for the Super Bowl if you don't Yo, believe that it's set up the right way? Y'all Yo, asked me to. 
Don't nobody call me no other time until Super Bowl come, right? Yeah, I, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's did, any, did anybody when we got on the phone say, "Hey, how's your family doing? How are your kids doing?" No, that none of that matters. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you my honest opinion, and I appreciate that. We do, we yeah. do. I mean, that's uh, that that is our job, though, is to talk sports. I mean, it's it's not personal. So what is and your no? First of all, dude, you still answered. I don't know who you. We don't know who you are. You never said who you were. You just jumped on their show and started talking. You could be like a super producer, somebody that. If you watch the show, you know, but I don't know who you're like. Introduce you. Hey, hey, Dwight, this is so-and-so. Here's where you wrong. And I'm going to let the interview go. Yes, it's your job to talk sports, but pick up what Dwight said. Dwight says, any other time y'all don't talk to me, meaning any other game, you do not ask to talk to me. But Super Bowl time, you seem to just always call me because of my Super Bowl performance. So if you're all about sports and I'm a professional, how come you don't reach out to me for other games? It's not about sports. He wasn't saying ask about his well-being just because it's not sports related. He's saying you only want me for one thing to talk about the Super Bowl. And I pulled your card on it and you tried to backtrack when he gave you an out, basically saying you ain't asked me how my family. Doing. Even when people come on my show and they guess. I'm asking them how their mom and them is before we start the interview. So you didn't even say, hey, Dwight, man, before we get started, how the family been, what you been up to? So he pulled y'all card on that. And you said, well, we're a sports show. This is what we did. No, fool, you wrong. It's job to be real. (laughs) We understand that. So what is your honest opinion of Tom Brady uh, being in 10 Super Bowls? Uh, Good luck. A lot of luck, you know. Okay. Because, you know, everybody say Tom Brady, but if I can remember, there's a lot of kickers kicking kicks for him to make it there. Well, Tom Brady did put him in a position to make those kicks. So did kicks. Jim Kelly. So did Jim Kelly, but his kicker missed the kick. He did. He did miss the kick. Right. He did. He did. <laughs> he did miss the kick. Well, he also lost four Super Bowls in but a row. But it's Jim- hey, check this out. Check this out. See, there is the disconnect. You got a former player expressing Football is the ultimate team sport, but we focus on one position when it comes to the winning of a Super Bowl. He just explained, hey, it takes a lot of luck and other factors. Not taking anything away from Tom, but you don't talk about the kickers who make the kick. And then he gave you a prime example how the other end of the spectrum will blame the quarterback for failing, even though the same position that elevates said quarterback. They don't talk about when they demean said quarterback. Jim Kelly, four straight Super Bowls. We seen the kick versus the Giants. But this dude was quick to say, but he lost four straight Super Bowls. He didn't say Buffalo. He didn't say, yeah, they didn't come through for him. This is my issue talking football. It really is. You know what I'm saying? This is my issue. You have a a player, right, who you say, give me your honest opinion. He gave you his honest opinion, and you shot him down. What up with you, fam? You shot him down. And and you gave him a, a a belittled laugh. 
don't ask for an honest opinion and when somebody give him give it to you, you belittle them with the snarky ass laugh. And then he gives you a prime example that makes total sense. He said, what about Jim Kelly? His kickers missed. And the dude followed up by echoing what he was saying and don't even know it. He said, yeah. But he lost four Super Bowls. Let's keep going. Or or not Tom Brady's fault if his kicker do. Like, come on, man. <laughs> boy, boy, man. We, so, we, 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 put, we break stuff down like it's so small. Like, this is the only reason that it happened. Like, come on, man. So the reason. And Pete Nugget, don't get defensive that we bring a Jim Kelly up. He, so Dwight brought Jim Kelly up to show you that Jim Kelly didn't lose those Super Bowls. And if his kicker makes the field goal, Jim Kelly will be elevated because the kicker made it. But the fact the kicker missed it, he got demeaned. It was a great, I thought it was a great rebuttal. It was a Petty Hawk approved rebuttal by Dwight. So let's keep going. It's when the Super Bowl wasn't because of your outstanding defense. It was because that's the way it was predetermined. That's what you're. Well, I mean, if our if our defense was so outstanding, why we couldn't beat the Saints that year? Saints beat us twice. So why did the the, the Oakland Raiders say we gonna go in with the Saints game plan? Because they had Deuce McCat, they ran the ball down our throat. Why didn't they come in and say we gonna do the same thing? All right, D. <laughs> now there's no more on the talk. Yo, yo, real talk. Dwight was, he was, he was a dog. Like, it's not, to me, it's not about believing right or wrong. It's about when somebody state their case, does it make sense? He made a lot of sense, especially when he talked about the game plan the Oakland Raiders use, Bill Callahan. Why would you wait until you play Tampa to use John Gruden's playbook? Why wouldn't you copy what, New Orleans did versus them and let's try to establish the run game. It makes sense. Let's keep going. Well, we don't know what else to say. Uh, we just caught off guard a little bit. That's a little all. bit, a little bit. To be honest with you. Let's talk about uh, the fact that the Lions made Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders give back money, but they traded Matthew Stafford when he wanted to be. Yeah, well, hey. Barry Sanders didn't <laughs> want to play for John Ross. Yeah, let's not, that's, let's that's... not talk about the real things, man. Let's just talk about that. I got you, man. I got you. Well, Barry Sanders didn't want to play for Bobby Ross, but that's that's another story for another day. Uh, so Him and Calvin Johnson both asked to be traded. They wanted to go somewhere where they could try to win. They, they made them retire and give some of their money back. All right, so let's for just a second. I just want to get your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and what he's done at his young age. It's great, man. I mean, the key for me with most teams is let's see how your team performs after your quarterback rookie contract kicks in, after, you know, he's off his rookie contract. So what do you think about Jameis Winston's time in Tampa Bay now that he's in New Orleans? Never never liked it. Now, back to what I was saying. We watched the Seattle Seahawks. Be good until they pay Russell Wilson. We watched the Packers go to the Super Bowl until they paid Aaron Rodgers. The Eagles would win. The Rams would golf. So, you you, you know, you got to try to do it while you're on your rookie deal. Unless you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. All right. So, <laughs> how do you see this game playing out? I guess it's, uh, you, it's uh, you already told us, right? It's just depending on what Vegas wants it to be, right? Yeah. The, the, 
New England Rams game ten to three, man. Who who thought that was happening? All right, Dwight, man. We appreciate a few minutes. Yes, sir. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great one. America's best. So there you go, uh, Brady, man. I don't. I only do walkthroughs during football season, so you won't see another walkthrough episode until football season starts back up. Um, Antonio Walden said, "What drugs do White on?" And at first, Petty Hawk was ready to go full fledged Super Saiyan in on Dwight. I was, but until I sat down and listened to what he said, he's not saying that players are throwing the game. He's saying that Vegas can't control it because. Things just didn't add up when it came. Like, he's a dude that's playing in the game. He's telling y'all they know every play Oakland is about to do because they came out running John Gruden's old offense. They hadn't done it all year long. See, sometimes, even though folks may say something outlandish to begin with, I'm going to always sit back and really listen to what they say. Because even though something could be outlandish, they may drop a jewel in between all the, all the outlandish stuff that can have you understanding why they feel that way. Like when people say the game is rigged, I say the game isn't rigged from a player standpoint. You don't have players out there throwing games unless they turn it from blue chips and they get busted. But I'm not putting past that with so much money on the line that officials and people from up top can influence, try to influence the outcome of a game. I'm never naive to say that can't take place and won't take place. But what he said made too much sense to just, are you still doing Freestyle Friday tomorrow? Um, I may be able to. I think I got something, but I may be able to around like, I don't I may be able to late in the day. Um, but but shout out to Dwight, man. You know, I enjoyed the interview because it was petty, super petty. I enjoyed the interview because it showed no matter how f- coached up you think you are for this current position, sometimes you got to just sit back and chill. Chris Kidd says Seattle D said the same thing about their Super Bowl against Denver. Now, when you got players, bro, that was a part of a game, especially on the winning side, tell you that something wasn't right, that lets you know that we as fans, we got to fall the hell back. Like, this dude is somebody who played in a Super Bowl was successful, and he's telling these radio talking heads who are successful in their own right, got their own show, is on an elevated platform, They got that sense of entitlement. Like once you get these elevated platforms, you inherit the sense of entitlement that you know more than the person that you're in. Like I don't, unless I'm being petty. But you always got to pay attention, man, like to what people are saying. Like if I got a former player on, I'm sitting back and I'm chilling. I'm going to let them speak their piece, especially if I'm asking them to speak on the Super Bowl and expound upon why they feel a certain way. So they asked him to expound on 
why he felt like the Super Bowl is rigged. He provided his data. He threw his own personal experience within that data. It made perfect sense. Then he gave you an example of a team that punished them during the season and said, how come on the biggest stage you didn't go to two games that basically reveal all of our weaknesses? But on the contrary, you went totally opposite and did everything that our head coach taught you to do. And what Tim Brown and Jerry Rice have said, they were calling out our plays before the ball was even snapping. But y'all want to question this dude. My man Antonio asked me what type of drugs Dwight was on. And he's, he, he's speaking his truth to where I really can't say he sound crazy. He making too much sense. Dwight Smith made too much sense on the Ronnie and T. Crass on the radio show, Radio Row, on Radio Row. It's the T. Crass, Ronnie and T. Crass on Radio Row at Super Bowl 55 on WDAE. How can I be a guest on y'all show to let you know he serves y'all all types of shut the hell up juice? You asked him about Tom Brady. He gave you Tom Brady thoughts. Y'all didn't like it. He was like, nobody talks about the kicker. And then you say, well, he got him in position. But we don't say the kicker helped him get the win. Him. Not the team. Him. You notice we do that. What quarterback? Quarterback, you get the win. Tom Brady. You to go. Damn, I just spit. Spitting hot fire. Tom Brady, you to go because you got six Super Bowls. You. Charles Haley, you ain't the GOAT for your position, even though you was the first of five Super Bowls. They didn't talk about you. Your name don't even come up when it comes to defensive ends. But we're going to – Emmitt Smith, no. You may have all the Super Bowls compared to other backs, but you ain't the GOAT of your position. Your offensive line was too good. But Tom Brady could be the GOAT even though Vinatieri one of the most clutch kickers we ever seen in his prime. Even though Bill Belichick is one of the best defensive minds we ever seen. Even though Bill Belichick is called the GOAT coach. So we're not going to hold that against Tom. But we will hold it against Emmitt Smith. We will hold it against Jerry Rice because he had Joe Montana and Steve Young. Oh, then when he went to play for the Raiders, Rich Gannon was an MVP too. So we'll hold all these caveats over those players' heads, Pauls. But for Tom Brady, it's he just the GOAT. Jim Brown, you played against little white boys. You ain't the GOAT. You see, that show that goes to show you people will form something and won't use the same logic. They start hitting you with the la 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 la. That's why that's why I always tell folks, the goat is who you think it is. Why are you arguing with somebody else when they try to tell you you wrong? You're not wrong. Cause ain't nobody right. There is no clear 
criteria or rules that are set in stone like the Ten Commandments. And people still argue the Ten Crack Commandments. Shout out to Biggie Small. So you know they're going to they gonna argue the Ten Commandments. You got people these days who tell you they don't see color. You know what I'm saying? People will really walk up on you and say, I don't see color. What the hell do you see? You colorblind? See, people make up any lies they want in their head, bro. In the book of Eli, y'all wouldn't, y'all ain't want to believe he was blind, did y'all? Ain't no way Denzel was blind in the book of Eli, huh? I'm just, you know. The GOAT is whoever you feel is the GOAT. Stop arguing until you blue in the face and don't let nobody get you in your feelings when they say you wrong. F them. Who they think is the GOAT don't have no bearing on you. That's why I, I, call, I think it's laughable. People be like, is Tom Brady your GOAT? I be like, no. And they be trying to laugh and, and trying to give me all these book reports and stuff, why he the GOAT. And I just be looking at them like, you done? They'd be like, so he got to be the GOAT. I'd be like, yeah, to you? He not the GOAT to me. Oh, you must like Joe Montana. Absolutely. How can he be the GOAT? Because I think he the GOAT, in my opinion. It's not fact, just like your shit ain't fact. It's sports. It's an opinion. You know what I'm saying? Myron said he the GOAT. And if Myron feel like he the GOAT, he the damn GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Shake and bake say Joe Montana is the goat to me. We just saying, bro, you got folks who want to say A-Rod is the goat and they have every right to say A-Rod is the goat. If that's they goat, that's they goat. You know what I'm saying? People ask me who the greatest football player of all time. No position. I say Jerry Rice. I, I just, I mean, I, I, I just... Always thought Jerry Rice was the best football player I've ever seen. You got people say Lawrence Taylor. Talk to my pops, he'd be like Jim Brown. No different in basketball. People say Michael Jordan the GOAT. I'd be like, yo, pound for pound, I'm giving it to Wilt. Athlete, everything. And people say, you know, try to discount his competition. They discount Michael Jordan competition. They discount what LeBron did. Everybody going to find a discount. Pete Nugget said Lou Alcindor which is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if y'all didn't know. Everybody has different goats. But you have people screaming up to the high heavens. Look at the stats. Look at this stat. Look at that stat. Look at this stat. Look at that stat. Look at this stat. Look at that stat. Okay, you want to go stats? Boom. Somebody somebody got better stats. Well, well, you got to reach certain stats and then rings come into play. Well, this individual got the stats and he got more rings. Well, well, you got to factor in the level of competition. Okay. You want to go by all-stars? What you want to go by? It just depends. My man, Jane Sinclair said, when it came to roasting and ranking, I'm the GOAT. Yeah, you the same dude that swear up and down. You got a nice left hook like Joe Frazier. You know? 
We, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't argue with somebody truly believe in something. But what I, I don't want to get too long. When How long have we been on? 40 minutes. Okay. So here's the thing, man. Here's the moral of the story before I get up out of here. Because this, this is, I just jumped out on there and y'all weren't even ready. You know, I just went live. People weren't even ready. So this is what we're going to do. We'll let Patrick in right quick. I got like 10 more minutes. I, I want to make sure it's less than an hour today for this one. Um. Oh, he froze. They rigged the game for Tom Brady. Tuck rule: no hitting below the knee. Did he get hit hurt first, or did Carson Palmer get? When when did they do the no hit below the knee? Was it after Carson Palmer got hit below the knee, or was it after Tom Brady? Ted says I look at Tom as a goat because he's still doing an F forty. So it's Joe and John Elway plus. 40 plus, and he did the shrug. So it's Joe and John Elway's. Okay, I see what you're saying, Tess. So it was out to Carson Palmer. And Carson Palmer, was his hit after Tom Brady's or before? I want to say he his is before, right? They made the rule after. After T Tom Brady. Okay. So they made it after Tom Brady. And I can respect Ted saying it because Tom Brady did it in his 40s. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why I really love Jerry Rice, because his longevity. You know what I'm saying? So I can see where he's saying Tom Brady's the goat to him because of his age and how he's still performing. Um, that's the one thing that jumped out to me about. Jerry Rice, just the longevity at a skill position. 20 years at a skill position jumps out to me because that's abnormal. We see quarterbacks play a long time. What's good with you, fam? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? What's going on, man? What up, man? I, I love what you're talking about this morning because... I hate when people try to justify team stats for individual skill, right? Because mm-hmm. if, say, Brian Scalabrini, right, he got a ring. But when you talk about basketball, do we ever come up in your conversation about being great? You know what I mean? No. But, but we'll go knock somebody like, say, a Carl Malone. Like, when, when, we push the, when you push somebody against the wall and start talking, talking sports, that's the last thing they like to throw out. Yeah, but he ain't win no championship. Yeah. But how about the guys that played on teams that won championships that were just riding the bench? They get speaking gigs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, say he's a champion. But when you look at guys that got individual talent, they be like, oh, yeah, but he ain't never win. AI ain't win, but who 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 you picking, AI or somebody else? Facts, bro. That's facts. And then I think you made a great point, too, about the speaking engagement. A lot of folks don't know that end of the spectrum. So when you're a professional and you become a champion in your in your respective sport, whether it's the MLB, soccer, basketball, football, once you can attach that champion, you are a hot commodity because you can speak to like speak to folks attaining an ultimate goal, like because you're living proof. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like John Sally. 
he became a hot commodity. Like it was easier to sell John Sally, not knocking him because he 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 definitely gifted at you know hosting and talking. But would John Sally really be hosting and having these gigs if he wasn't an NBA champion? Right. Well, see, that's the thing, though. We, we, uh, I think people, like you said, people want to attach to greatness. Like when we bring up Tom Brady, yeah, he won, but yeah. do we, they don't bring up the kicker, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, when look at uh, Vinatieri, right? When, when, uh, how many kicks? The first three, I think he won mm-hmm. on his leg. Uh, but, uh, Carolina, the Rams, those two jump out of me the most. Philly too. Remember he beat when they played Philly. Yeah, when they got when Rod and Rodney Harrison got them intercepted. Yeah. So so when we start bringing up champions and start bringing up, but then when um when he wanted to get paid because I mean don't get me wrong, the New England formula can't work everywhere. Like yep. Houston tried it and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But you had a quarterback for the longest because people don't talk about the under the table money either. Like you know what I'm saying. Hey man, they think you smoking drugs because they said Dwight Smith was smoking drugs when he was talking <laughs> about that unwritten rules that's being shared. <laughs> yeah, but when you start looking at these guys, man, we know for a fact that um, yeah, Tom Brady been great and in clutch moments yep. he elevated his play, and you can't disrespect that. But at the end of the day, when you look at the opponent or you look at what transpired in the game, if mm. football, if this was tennis. If this was, you know, uh, Batman, pool, you know what I'm saying? Well, we playing one-on-one. I can dig it. We want to give all the credit to one position. But when you start looking at – because I'm going to go back to the Falcon game. Devontae Freeman missed that block. It was, mm-hmm. it was a strip. It was a strip fumble at that point that gave him a short field again. So if, say, he didn't miss the block and he complete the touchdown over the top, what's, what's the narrative then? Because now – it's it's always gonna be putting on the quarterback then get it done. But yeah, for everything to go right though, the, you gotta block, you gotta um you got it gotta it gotta be a lot go right on plays yes. to now well, what Barry Sanders was doing was heroic with no O line. They was well, well, we, well we can't do that either though. Can't do that either. You don't wanna do that? You don't think yeah. that his O line wasn't as bad as people say it was. I I agree with that part because it just when you start looking at him, how many plays the defender was already back there that he had to juke the first defender in the backfield versus yeah. Emmitt Smith, he making his move at the second level at the linebacker, right? Yep. So if I'm getting one-on-one with the linebacker and then you got another runner back that's getting one-on-one with the D tackle or the DN, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little harder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so, so when I look at the players and I look at the narrative that they like to spin because I learned over these years watching so much sports is if they like you, they find a way to make what you've done look good to the public. If yes. they don't like you, then they – like look at T.O., right? If yep. T.O. would have did that and let's just say not even Randy Moss, if that would have been Tory Hope, somebody that got a good personality – Yep. They like you, you get hurt, you fight, come back. Yep. And then you play as well as he played in the Super Bowl. It wouldn't be no question, this man. Win or lose. It would have you know been talking about it was, a, it was a heroic effort and it got swept like it was nothing. 
look at Willis Reed, because Willis Reed, we still hear about that. But I think he only played a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. Yeah, I, no, you make a great point. You make a correlation how how uh citizen of the month behaviors can control the narrative because look, check this out. And Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell not being discussed, but they're in the Super Bowl because everybody said what they've been doing since they left Pittsburgh. But nobody, those same folks not saying where they're part of two Super Bowl. T- like one of them going to have a Super Bowl ring now without Pittsburgh. Right. Like that's legitimately going to happen. It doesn't matter if they, if they will run the vocal points. At the end of the day, after all that mess they went through, mm-hmm. they both sharing the Super Bowl stage and one of them guaranteed a Super Bowl championship. Right. And and my man D said Charles Barkley is an exception. I want to say this. Charles Barkley don't got a ring on TV. Got Tracy McGrady, no ring on TV. Um, Grant Hill. Right. Chris, Chris Weber. Greg Anthony. Greg Anthony. Uh, because of that, they were uber talented. Like hey, well, it goes back to what Pete was saying. Talent is talent. You know what I'm saying? Like right. people still question that Tracy McGrady got in to the Hall of Fame because he ain't do nothing in the in the playoffs. But we all know because Kobe said it that T Mac was that deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you respect Kobe's opinion, but if, when Kobe tell y'all T Mac was that deal, those same nerves would be like, "Well, what he do? He ain't do nothing in the playoffs, <laughs> right?" Like, like. Come on, man. And that's what happened with the White Smith. The White Smith was giving his feedback and you got ready. And that's why one thing I really want to make sure I never cross over to that to where you're a know-it-all. Like, if you bring a guest on and they give you their thoughts, yeah, you may have a debate, but you come to a common ground and be like, you know what? They made sense. I may not agree with it, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense. Like what Dwight said made sense because I sat back and I was like, he's not saying the players is throwing the game. He's saying that that's a lot that's going on that we don't see that's controlling the outcome that even I, as a Super Bowl winner, it contributed to me having the ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know, see, at the end of the day, what people don't pay attention about sports, as much as we love it, as much as we tune in, it's called sports entertainment, right? Because mm-hmm. if it was actual true football by the law, every holding call would be called. If it was it was true football, true basketball by the law, Every you know, walking the week call. So in sports entertainment, nobody comes to watch the game to see the game where it gets stopped every minute That's because of like, oh. And also, let's just be honest, it's a big money business. Big money. So, so at the end of the day, like I don't think that uh for cause what Tim Donahue was doing, cause even even with him trying to fix the game, he still couldn't like I fix, fix the game, but he was dictating the little small points of the score. Exactly, exactly. So, so when you start talking about fixing the game, it takes a lot to go along with fixing the game. Can you can you make little small things occur to change the outcome or change the momentum? Yes, because I know from my from just being on the field, now if it's seven officials on the field and one ref just throw a crazy penalty, mm-hmm. I mean, nine times out of ten, you gonna they gonna go talk to him, and, and if he ain't coming off that call, if you're a good white hat, unless you've seen it too, you're gonna rock with what he's saying. And Appreciate then, it. go ahead, bro. My and bad. Then, 
then you're gonna rock what he's saying. But then when you go back and look at the film and you're like, bro, what what was that? You know what I'm saying? And but it'd be too late. That's why the NFL try to do a lot of they do a lot of uh PA after the game over. They come out and be like, Yeah, that should have been a um call. We missed it. Because they never want to knock the credibility of the refs because you can't it'll it'll just change the whole focus of the game because people won't want to tune in because they'll think that it's pro wrestling. Yo, I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you as a as a current ref can can shed some light on that. Cause I'm one of the ones who are with in the forefront, like, yo, they need to hold the ref accountable like they do a player, like, what the hell? But see, when you broke it down, like even though a part of me want to be like, man, F that they, you know, these commentators go at players, but it makes sense because if you really put these refs under that microscope live doing games and even though folks are still paying attention to the refs when a, if a if a commentator is truly treating the ref the officiating like they do the players meaning they're super opinionated towards them it can change your view of that game like you you'll lose right. sight of what's really going on you'll really start trying to nitpick every single thing versus understanding the flow understanding that yes like we talked about the passing interference and we always I always say passing interference is just like holding it's like it depends on that referees and they bound you like it's judgment your judgment yep and so it's just the thing about when you start we want to hold the refs accountable they got a grading system don't get me wrong they mm-hmm. like she not like the people that work in the Super Bowl they had the grade high during the season it's like a it's like the refs got like a 99.5% uh, it's a crazy number, dog. When you yeah, start looking bro. at this, when you when they break down the statistics of them getting yeah. calls right, it's a crazy number. It just the plays that's gonna stick out to us are the ones that we think they got it wrong, and it just it just really at the end of the day is impact plays. Yeah, like if 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 this play like they tell you to be at your best at the last two minutes of the half mm-hmm. and the last two minutes of the game, you know, because they say those are the times that the game is gonna be. People gonna feel you affect the game the most. Mm. It's just that it's just that when you look at the stuff that's in between, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why that play stuck out so much when everybody was saying the right before the half in the um Tampa Green Bay game. Makes sense, bro. When he grabbed the jersey yeah. and they didn't call nothing. But think about how that play turned into a touchdown for Tampa, right? Yep. So when you start looking at those plays, you're like, damn, did the ref really just miss it? Because there are blind spots on the field where you can yep. say officials, if you stand in your keys, you're not seeing that. Bro, but I teach I teach DBs that when we look in lean, the ref can't see my hand holding, hit, hitting his thigh and peeing his stride because right. they're looking waist up because that's what usually the jousting is that. That's why I always tell DBs, if you want to, Passing the fair sense to get away, affect below the waist, hit right. the leg, like interrupt that stride rhythm. Ref, like human, you have, like you just said, you have, you, and I ain't, like, we ain't gonna give all the secrets, but yeah, <laughs> you, have, you can't see everything, but you have the zone you have to pay attention to. Thanks. And if a player can learn the zone in which a ref is paying attention to, you have to find a way to win in a zone he can't see. And that's just manipulating the system. See the great, the great thing you see. See, I talked to a lot of older officials, and one of them told me a nugget that I took that I took the heart that that people got to understand. Somebody asked him like, "Why do they keep changing the rules in sports?" And he said, mm. "Because 
if you don't change the rules, these people so smart, they're going to play to the rules. Yep. And they're going to use the, like, that's what all Bill Belichick them did in the first Super Bowl. The first yep. three they won, they played to the rules. They was jamming um the Colts receivers, knocking them off them timing routes. Yep. There, there was no illegal contact penalty at the time. So I could chuck you all the way down the field as long as the ball not in the air. And, and that's how they – so then the NFL came back after enough complaints. Because, see, people talk about the pass interference call in the in the New Orleans game, but they don't go back to them first. That's why Peyton them couldn't get over the hump because every time they met up with Bill them, Bill was knocking them off them timing routes, mm. and and they couldn't get open, and so now it makes it harder. And that's hey, how Bill I, did that with Ty Law versus the Rams, the greatest show on turf. People don't right. talk about that. He broke up the timing. It wasn't about hey, they got a lot of speed. Let's disrupt the speed. Right, and so that's why you gotta see. That's why it's gonna be real, real interesting on Sunday because we saw how Tyreek got out, got off on Tampa. In the first game, yes, it's gonna be real interesting to see how Ty Bowles them is gonna try to defend his man this time, and also on the flip side, what Andy them gonna do? No, not Andy, Patrick Bianami. Let's start getting him yeah. a little bit more. Eric Bianami, yeah, Eric Bianami. What you know? I love the Patrick, my bad. But he, uh, but he, uh, what he's gonna do to get get him open because there's no way you finna get him free releases and one-on-one coverage again. I'm going to show you how. I'm going I'm to I'm just give out the nugget. So anytime somebody starts, first of all, you, most of the time Tariq is the Z. He's usually off the ball, so that gives you like a half a yard, a yard, depending on the DB and how they keep pointing at the ref to take away the line of scrimmage. But then you can start seeing Zen and Zoom motion. You can start seeing short motions either – to the ball or they're going to motion to the ball and go back out because majority of the time with those short motions, most DBs are going to give ground because they're trailing. So if they're truly getting their hands on Tyreek, first, they're going to see how he do as a Z. Secondly, they're going to go to some type of bunch formation. That means they'll put just Travis Kelsey at the point or they may put whichever receiver that's the third option as the point guy because most of the time you press the point. So they'll put Tyreek or Travis as one of the stat guys. If that's not working and they zone you up and they box you in, they'll start zen motion, just zen them in, just Z-in, just short motion in, like two or three steps, and they might reset them just to see if they get you to check blue, Right. So they do that first. If you don't point to the sky, check blue. Check blue means cover two, folks. Or you can check green, cover three, some type of zone. And we could, t- they could tell if it's three or two by how many safeties. But that's going to happen with Eric Bieniemy and Tyreek. They're like, I put you like this though. If I'm Kansas City, I'm keeping them in the slot, and I'm gonna keep Travis on the same side as him. I'm always keep them beside each other. Because if you, those are the two guys you essentially have to bracket, and how are you going to bracket if it's trips to that side and both of them are beside each other? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and because Tampa been playing a lot of man, been successful at playing man, but are you going to? And you really show two safety high because KC will run the ball out of shotgun, and they've been successful. They run them short jet sweeps with the receivers, and if you got two safety high. That's one less force guy. Now that's disrupting JPP and them coming off the ball because they want to get to Patrick Mahomes. That's why Kansas City was doing those, always faking it to the receiver on them short jet sweeps. Because people kept saying, why they keep faking jet sweep? I'm like, that's holding the end. The end got to right. respect it. 
You know what I'm saying? That's the chess match that casual fans may not see, but I love to break down with X and O's because those subtle nuances, not only do I jet sweep away from us, then I roll out to the field. Because now I'm going to just reach this in. Now, do you have scramble responsibilities as a DB? If you zone, that means you may not fall back as fast because you have rollout action. So it's going to be, yo, man, it's going to be fun, bro, because Todd Bowles is a very good defensive coordinator. Eric Bianami is a very good offensive coordinator. So it's going to be fun, man. But – Look, man, that's an hour, man. We got to get up out of here. I appreciate my man P. Diddy for dropping the jewels when it comes to refs, man. That's why I always needed, like, ref jewels because we I be killing refs. Like, man, them mother don't know nothing. But I appreciate you, bro, because you educate me every time you talk about refs. And it make me, sir, myself, shut the hell up, Juice. And be like, yo, I'm going to just ask P. Diddy what he think before. And you always come through, man. So it's ironic you jumped on, man, because – Oh no! I saw you in action, man. I was out running here. I said, "Man, I want to." Especially when you start talking the top of you talk. I said, "Man, that's a that's some people don't really." When we start giving credit, we ain't knocking your credit, but yep. don't just. But see, that's the thing about Tom though. Tom ain't never just came out and been like, "I'm the goat." You know what I'm nah, saying? He has, but he has so, he has like a uh, it's like subliminals. I mean, you would too. You would too. Yeah, we are. Oh no, no, no doubt. No doubt. I'll be. Hey, yeah. I. Hey, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, you would too. Like, look, yeah. like it's just, it's just when you start looking at it. Let's, let's look around the whole field and say, okay, because it's a lot of stuff that occurred. That's why I think before I don't want to hold you too long, but Rob Parker called him the loke. You know what I'm saying? Lucky is all. Yeah. I'll be I, look, bro. Right. I could. I could look. I could put myself in it. I, my high school I played for, I know who I played with. I was my success was predicated off that special talent that was playing quarterback. It had it right. played a major role. Like I never, never get that fucked up. And I think if guys are more <laughs> cognizant of the guys right. around me help elevate me that much more. Like would yeah. would like would Emma Smith be great without Dallas? Yeah, he'd be great, but we wouldn't identify him the same way. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's all we say of you had a great old line. Jerry Rice would be great, but will he have 20,000 receiving yards? Probably not, but we'll still say wow. he's great because of what he has. So, yeah, man, let me get up out of here, bro. I definitely oh, yeah, Y'all make sure right, uh, people know your – um. damn, he got up out of here, man. His Facebook, his Facebook group is dope, bro. He got a podcast of his own. A lot of times he don't be trying to plug his own, but I'm going to plug it right quick. Um. It's the Inferno Podcast. Y'all check him out, man. Y'all check out Patrick, man. Dope individual, man. A fellow independent podcaster like myself. Um, he had me on one of his earlier shows, and every time I jump on, he on the horn. So salute to the Inferno Podcast, man. Y'all check that out, man. If you got like Spotify, iTunes, um, Anchor, um, it's this it right here. The Inferno Sports Podcast right there. He got a Facebook group. Y'all go check that out, man. I like to plug everybody. Shout out to my dog, Tommy Reeman, that's in the building, man. City on my chest. Anybody that remember me on Prolific, y'all see me with the red track pants on. That's where it came from. I got to get other colorways, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, salute the squad from the crib. He got a storefront now. Y'all make sure y'all check that out. City on my chest, man. All right, man. I got to get up out of here, bro. Y'all be easy. Peace. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.